Welcome to Burn After Pitching, our third special holiday episode. Uh, this is the podcast where we pitch our ideas on various subjects, both serious and slightly frivolous. Today we're going to be doing a new ride for Galaxy's Edge, a Christmas movie from an unexpected franchise, and one surprise pitch. Joining me today on the pitch deck are Michael Tanner. Hello. Brandon Burkhart. That's me. And Sarah. McChesney. Cool. Shall we just jump in? I'm ready. I'm ready to jump into this. First up, guys, tell me a new ride for Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Michael, I'll go to you first. I'll go first. All right. Now, I have to say, I have not been to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but I've watched a lot of YouTube videos <laughs> complaining about it. <laughs> really? So I have my pitch for my new ride for Galaxy's Edge while I get my notes on my, <laughs> my uh, cell phone in front of me. Very high tech. Okay, so my favorite Disney ride of all time is Pirates of the Caribbean. No, oh, favorite no, ride, oh, I love it. It's exciting, it's fun, but it's also weirdly relaxing. Like you're in a yep. boat, you're traveling mm -hmm. along some water, you're watching some animatronic tableaus. Yeah, it's like a ride and a show. Yeah, yeah, you know? and, and I love that. Mm -hmm. And I would like to return to that for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, and fun fact, if you don't know, like, sort of Disney uh, Imagineer kind of uh, history, a lot of the early Disneyland rides, the idea was that the writer would take on the persona of the character. So if, that's why you don't see Peter Pan in Peter Pan's ride, because you're Peter Pan. So you're riding through, you're Peter Pan, you're visiting the kids, you're going through the thing, you're dodging Captain Hook. Um, so I'd also kind of like to return to that. Now jumping to Star Wars. My favorite Star Wars movie, in all 12 of them, I'm going to count the Ewok movies, um, <laughs> is That's Return of the Jedi. very generous of you. Specifically the first 30 minutes of Return of the Jedi. The Jabba's Palace oh, stuff. Jabba's Palace. That part Jabba's is Palace. so fabulous. I love it. It's mm. the best part of any Star Wars movie. So the thing I like the most to think about in that section is each of the characters kind of have like a thing they're doing. And mm -hmm. even if it's like Han and Chewie just being locked up, they're doing a thing. The droids... 3PO is made a translator. He's given a job. R2 is also given a job. He's made a waiter. So my ride <laughs> is R2's barge bartending bonanza. <laughs> In the vein of Pirates of the Caribbean and a haunted mansion, you will become R2-D2. You get into a little buggy that's R2-D2 shaped. Aww. And you go, you're on a little track and you're taken through Jabba's palace. Uh, and so like you see the droid torture room. You go through the um, the like uh, the dungeon, so you maybe hear audio clips of uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca's re being reunited. Um, delusions of grandeur, that part, uh, and you just kind of see all your favorites from Java's Palace. You see Reyes, you see Nick too, you see Klaatu, you see Barada, you see Amanaman. All right, you see them. <laughs> you see Gamorrean guards up the wazoo. Oh, I love them. You're going to see all the guys who are not Greedo, but are, look exactly like Greedo. Uh -huh. um, but Greedo's dead. Um, but you, so you see all these characters, and it's done like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean style, where there are these animatronics, and it's a dark ride, and you kind of like you're traveling through, and they just kind of pop out, and they have like a little scene. You're like, oh, whoa, that's that guy. And then you get to the sail barge. There's a transition onto the sail barge, so you continue. And then through a, an amazing combination of screens and bigatures. And uh, forced perspective, you look out a window and you see the skiffs over the Sarlacc pit. You're like, oh, and it's going to be like yeah. a jaw-dropping moment. You're uh -huh. like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm there. And then you go through and you, like, uh, you get the 
the little signal from Luke, it's time to go up to the top. And so you like travel up to the top and you get into position to where you're going to pop out the lightsaber and swing away with his force kicks and hack up some guys. <laughs> and so then you transition quickly to actually watching that scene, like kind of on a big screen as the buggy like goes out yeah. through the exit. So that is my new ride for Star Wars wow. Galaxy R2's Bartending Barge Bonanza. I thought it was going to have much more of a service <laughs> industry thing. Like, you know, you'd have to actually bring drinks to various. I, I thought I thought that it would, a good twist. I like yours be, better though. You get like you you end up in the bar. Like yeah. the exit is in the bar. Yeah. In Galaxy's Edge. And uh, you get the tip. Oh, you get tips. Oh, you you get. You, oh, I like ooh, that. The animatronics. Yeah, there when you they go. Pop out, they like give. They like throw credits. They could yes, yeah. they give you like a coin or a credit you could yeah. maybe use at they the gift use shop. It in the gift shop for a discount. There you go. Oh, that's capitalism. Good. Yep. 10% off your fifth drink. Yes. My one thought, though, I think we might need to go into the Scarlack pit. We see what happens to R2. You could have him get knocked into the Scarlack pit. They do. Uh, and he and Boba R2 Fett have to team up to get out. R2 knocks 3PO off the edge of the sand oh, no. right before it explodes. Oh, yeah, okay. They're in the sand, and then the skiff comes by with a magnet and lifts them mm-hmm. up, and they fly off. Oh. You could... I've seen Return of the Jedi many, many times. I oh, yes. I could not tell. Yeah. I had no idea. What you could add to that. Like, there's this whole thing where they, they got to avoid the Scarlet and not get swallowed before the Magnet comes rescue them. It could be, yeah. like, totally canon. I don't know. Yeah. Because <clears throat> yeah. Star Wars Galaxies is supposed to be canon in some way. Weird way. I don't know. I watch a lot of YouTube videos about Star Wars Galaxies. Well, so when I was telling my husband about this, he – because he, he got excited because he loves Star Wars. And he mm-hmm. started talking about how he would have loved to see sort of a little bit like you where it's the Pirates of the Caribbean – but you're in the Sarlacc pit, and as you go, you see different people who've been digested in like different forms of Ooh. how they've been digested along the way. <laughs> so body like, horror comes to yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, I was like, oh, I would, I would like that. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a great way right? to reuse like kind of aging animatronics right. that are oh, falling yes. apart. Yes. yes, you wouldn't have to pay anything to do that. I, yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, they got rid of the pirates who were like especially not That's cool true. for current sensibilities. That's, true. That's where you could yeah. throw them. You know, there you into go. the Sarlacc pit with them. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been more sensitive. Ah! All right, yeah, that's mine. I love it. Yeah, okay, a high bar, but I think our guys can clear it. it Let's move bar. to Sarah. Tell me about the pitch that you and/or your husband. Boy, do I really have to follow? That. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. So mine is um, definitely not as you know entrenched in the canon of Star Wars, but you know I like Star Wars. I think it's really fun. I don't know the ins and outs of it like a lot of people do, but I do think like it's such a fun universe. But one of the things that I always wonder are like the sort of like the more like day to day stuff. So I was Mm -hmm. sort of thinking like, what about a ride where I'm really curious about what are all the bathrooms like? In this universe, <laughs> right? I was like, I'd love to see, like, you could call it Star Sewers, yes. right? Oh. And you get in some kind of like futuristic bathtub type thing, mm-hmm. and you go light speed through the sewers of the galaxy, and you pop up in all, like, just a random bathroom of some yeah. sort of alien race. And I want to know, <laughs> like, what is different about that bathroom? The toilet would be different. The shower would be different. Maybe they don't use water. Maybe they use liquid of another sort or yeah. some kind of gas. What's in their or medicine fire. cabinet? Fire. What's in their medicine cabinet? Do they use like lotions? Do they, do they, I don't know, do they um, have like a regime they do that is different to us, you know? Yeah. So I was sort of thinking about that and, oh, and the different sorts of, um, so like beauty items and then, 
you know, as you continue through and each one's a surprise and you see like the favorites of the alien races, like the, the ones that are almost like Easter eggs, that kind of thing. But I think you have to end in Darth Vader's bathroom, right? <laughs> and you have to, like, yeah. how could you not? Cause it's gotta be like, I imagine almost like the anti-Trump bathroom where his is all gold, right? Yeah. But Darth Vader would be like gleaming black. Everything would be like ultra shiny and yeah. super, super like, just minimal and black and then it would be really cool i don't know if i guess it would probably have to be a live actor playing darth but like seeing him have to basically get undressed right because like how else i mean maybe maybe we're all thinking of right yeah how do you how how did he do that just you know there was like just a little exhaust tube you plug in and it would drain his stuff and it might be it yeah. could be something really advanced that I'm not thinking of. And this would answer that question. It would answer that question. Does and he have an ostomy bag? Probably raise more questions, right? I mean, I'd love to know. I was imagining, and maybe this is as a lady, I was imagining, like, at the end of the day, he takes his helmet off, right? He goes mm-hmm. in the bathroom, does his business, whatever. Then what about his skin, right? Because he's yeah. got that, like burned kind of like nasty gnarly skin like does he use a special cream does he need that like to sleep comfortably maybe not like maybe it's just super dry and it's fine with him maybe he's got to be in the water you know like how they do the water yeah Yeah. exactly that like there must be something that's different well he had that thing in empire the 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 weird circular thing that would come up and down like we got to see the back of his head all glowing Yeah, that oh, could be I the forgot bathroom. About that. Yeah, right. you could come I in forgot. and it could like close in on you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. You know what I think? How I think it would work really well. Yeah, tell me. The Caravan of Progress. Have you seen? Do you know that ride? No. What is, no. It's that? The, okay, it's not really a ride. So this it debuted at the 1964 World's Fair. I want to say. I think it was the 50s. I could was be wrong. The, but I think it, it was the yeah, 50s. Yeah, like it was for a World Fair. It's yeah, it was at a World's Fair. World's Fair where it was. Uh, it's a theater. Where the stage rotates, oh, or the yeah. audience rotates to different stages. I think it's the audience rotates yes. to different stages. But it's little like tableaus. Yes, it could be like you sit down and like it opens up like the bathroom on Tatooine, yes. and you have like, Luke, <laughs> yes. like you know combing his hair exactly, and then it like transitions to like what have you ever wondered about what the bathrooms are like on the Death Star, and then you just <laughs> see some stormtroopers like missing the toilet, <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's all a little jerky, like yeah. it doesn't maybe doesn't move super smoothly. The, the crappy and, animatronics. Yeah, yes. I love. Yeah, that would. Welcome fit to in the bathroom perfectly. of the future. Yeah, perfect. I, that so yeah, I'd be very happy with that ride. Star sewers. Even little Jawas get their bathrooms. <laughs> it's it's just like it's the the Disney Star Wars ride equivalent of the everybody poops books. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Yeah, and they're very popular. So very popular. You know, and now. Brandon, how about you? We, we, we got the, the bar, we got the bathroom. <laughs> the low bar. <laughs> well, um, actually, uh, mine might seem redundant because I'm going to return to Return of the Jedi. All right. And uh, the first idea was very similar to mine, but not, but similar, but not. But I'm going to go plow through anyway because that's the kind of picture I am. Well, it's like the new Power trilogy, through. similar uh, but not, Yeah, you started, <laughs> but similar. You started to describe mine until you mentioned it was R2-D2 based. Because I, I always want something at uh, Disney that's more for the dads, <laughs> like Slave Leia. Um, but she's a feminist icon, too, right? Uh, so I wanted to do, like, just Jabba's sail barge, like his pleasure barge. Like, we're on there. Uh, and it's more of a sh- like a dinner theater show than a ride. Um, 
I mean, there's like there's a there's an animatronic Jabba that is AI smart enough to like you can have conversations with him. He has okay. you know, certain answers, kind of like like talking to Alexa. But so Jabba, we think about this. Ho 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 solo, whatever he says. Yeah, his uh, <laughs> Jabba philosophy. Uh, every once in a while, he you know eats one of those little living weird creatures. But you're on the barge, and there's Slave Leia. But like a little fun Easter egg could be. Um, like when Johnny Depp played himself in the Pirates ride. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe Billy Lord is an homage to her mother gets in the Slave Leia costume for one, you know, one shift or something. <laughs> That's um, a delicate conversation. But you, <laughs> it's an homage. She's a strong woman. Very, you want to dress very up like a little dead mom? <laughs> yeah. Very little clothes. In a bikini? <laughs> a chain link bikini. That's not, yeah. yeah. So have you guys uh, been to the Waterworld uh, show oh, yeah. and Universal. Mm-hmm. It's now people hate in that movie uh, because they're not because they, they have bad taste. It's actually a fun movie, but that's it's a really impressive show they're doing. Yeah, the Waterworld. The show, show definitely has to survive on its own two feet. It's not you yeah. know residual Waterworld fandom is not adding much. Fun fact: <laughs> the uh, guy who plays the Deacon in that stunt show is a professional wrestler Christopher Daniels. Oh, yeah. oh. So, well, I'm surprised it's one guy. I always assumed they had like three or four casts. Uh, casts. That there's probably other guys, but yeah. at least one of the deacons is uh, Christopher Daniels. When you say professional wrestler, does he have a, a like a name? I or? he used to go by the Fallen Angel. Um, oh, yeah, he used to. Good. Well, he is a very uh, kind of well-respected indie wrestler who never really broke through oh. mainstream. Um, but he's. Uh, like wrestling fans know Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels. The Fallen Angel. The Fallen Angel. Christopher Daniels. Oh. So anyway, to derail that with I, my fun I fact. never knew there, there were indie wrestlers. I so didn't I either. learned. Yeah. yeah. I picture like Wes Anderson in a wrestling mask when you say indie wrestler. <laughs> uh, and lots of earth tones. But um so but it, anyway the, the, the Bonnie Bear for wrestlers. <laughs> if you have a chance to ever go to the Waterworld stunt show, it's really good show. Oh, it's a I great mean, show, the, yeah. The, the acrobatics and there's fire and and uh, death defying leaps. So I want something like that on the Java Sail Barge, where we have actors reenacting uh, this escape of Han and Luke. Oh, okay. Um, so that happens like every hour during the you know you you can drink drinks like adult drinks and um, and have R two D two serve you, um, and then they do the show. Um, and so you can watch that. You can watch, you know, the the slave Leia and actress choke out the Jabba robot and the uh, Sarlacc pit stunts. Um, so that that's my idea for the ride. There'd be you're being like a room, a giant room with CGI um, atmospheric horizons going around. So it feels mm-hmm. like you're flying actually, and the ship can tilt a little bit. Um, and like when when one of the goons falls into the Sarlacc pit, it's like an actor on a bungee cord going, ah, going <laughs> down there. And, um, so that's <laughs> so we have two Return of the Jedi flying over the Sarlacc pit uh, pitches, which means that has to happen, well, right? It, it yeah. says that that's wanted by the people. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Is what that says. I have long maintained that while Empire Strikes Back is the better movie. The most fun Star Wars movie has always been Return of the Jedi. Mm. It's the one you can rewatch over and over again because it's, yeah. it's fun. There's different beats to it where every yeah. all the other ones are like, yeah, all right, I get it. Where like Return of the Jedi is just pitch perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's so many fun parts of it because one of my ideas for pitch two was doing those. Um, what are those speeders through the forest? Oh, the speeder bike. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I, was, I, like I thought about doing a speeder bike, bike race. Yeah. 
where it's kind of like fl- uh, the soaring ride, if you know yeah. that yeah. one. Yeah. But you're on the yeah. uh, you're on yeah. the speeder bike and you're just yeah. traveling through and it's a screen and, and like, you smell yeah. like they whatever smell you the forest yeah. and you know mm-hmm. that that's such a thrilling scene. And there's like yeah, there's little, yeah. there's like uh, stormtroopers blowing up around you when they hit the trees. Yeah, they could do like the gunpowder smell, like or like yeah. like laser blast. Like oh, it smells like you know burning. You like hit an Ewok like like you're hitting a deer. You know, yeah, like, flies off the screen. You know? Oh, and then you get splattered yeah. in the face yeah, with blood. Exactly. Well, wait, did, did the speeder they have wipers? <laughs> the Ewok gets you like chunk, it's like chunk, a, it's like a chunk. lightsaber wiper. <laughs> <laughs> it just appears and goes across you. Yeah. I also want there to be an escape room, like an. A, a, I want them. I want a, like a trash compactor escape room. How has oh, that wow. not been done yet? That's a good. That's That'd a be good point. because they yeah. got the uh, the um, scum and villainy bar on Hollywood right. Boulevard. Oh yeah, the, the, there's got to be an empty storefront nearby where they could just be like, yeah, it's the uh, trash compactor escape room. It's, I guess it depends how uh, how Sue happy. Uh, we all <laughs> yeah. know Disney is not exactly you know. <laughs> They might yeah. not live is, and let live. Is yeah. the Scum and Villainy Bar not official? It's not officially affiliated. Oh, no. uh, okay. Well, all right. So I don't know. But, like but I, I, no, I, 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 I've read they don't say Star Wars terms. It just feels like it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think it's so it's closer. So it's, it's, be the it's same not licensed thing. by Lucasfilm or anything. Yeah. Know? So you could probably get away with it if you you know it was like not the trash compactor, but it was like the rubbish bin squisher, <laughs> the rubbish squeezer. Yeah, the rubbish <laughs> squeezer. Exactly. <laughs> I think it'd be cool if you had to stand in kind of like ankle deep water, mm-hmm. and they had that monster with the eyeball kept uh-huh. popping up. Yeah, the Dianonga. That was scary. Is that what it's called? You have a name for that? Yeah, there's a name for it. Well, I remember Dianonga? if you got the toy, you got to see what it looked like. Yeah. It was like this weird... Really? Like, it looks kind of like... Shark-octopus um, combination. I would say like a, oh. a plesiosaur with the with an eyeball on the end of the neck. Yeah, oh. except the flippers were tentacles. Like it actually had Where'd tentacles. That? I it was just flippers. Ah, I mean, I was a kid, but I remember it being tentacles. So, yeah. Because, I mean, they... He did get wrapped around, didn't he? A little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 So they need, right. they yeah. need something. Yeah. Unless he was doing it with that the eye stuff. Okay. Terrifying. Now, Waterworld. It ends with the big climactic stunt of the actual plane launching and landing in the thing. Do you have your big climactic stunt for the the barge stunt show? Um, you know, I didn't, but I kind of. This is probably too dangerous. I thought it'd be cool if you could. Bungee jump into the Sarlacc pit yourself. Ooh. Oh no! Because I, I mean... I've gone bungee jumping, and that's terrifying enough as it is. But jump, bungee jumping into a, the mouth of a, a giant Scarlet monster, pit, yeah. that's pretty cool. That'd be cool yeah. if you could do that. It'd be cool because like right at the bottom, there'd be like Boba Fett going. <laughs> that, that would be <laughs> great. Is that's the bonus? Yeah. Like you, you go if you make it. Maybe it's kind of like a a thing where you have to kind of like aim yourself, yeah. and so yeah. not everyone makes it down. But the the treat it if you get, make it all the way down is like you see a Boba Zary. Fett like <laughs> animatronic I'm the Mandalorian. Send send help. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Watch the Mandalorian on Hulu Plus. <laughs> and then for some Werner Herzog is a Sith Lord. <laughs> And then for some reason, this giant depth down there, I think I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> that's, my oh, my God. Yes, I did. That's what they need. They need to start putting Johnny Depp uh, animatronics in, like, the different, <laughs> completely unrelated. He needs to be in Space Mountain. And, yeah. like, Big Thunder Railroad. There's yes. a, couple, a couple years ago, arguably, I, I could see them doing that. Now, Yeah, yeah so now it's oh, the context is yeah. a little like, oh, he's drunk again. I, I oh, know yeah, the true. moment, like, uh, when I saw the first Fantastic Beasts in the theater, um, oh, the yeah. moment I knew that, oh, oh the world has changed. Uh, I know exactly is, what you're going to say. Is when Colin Farrell gets unmasked and it's Johnny Depp. The entire audience was like, 
Same. Nobody same wanted that. I had the well, same experience. Colin Farrell, he's so underrated. He was yep. so good yeah. in that. Yes, you know? everyone. I was looking forward That's to this true. guy being the bad guy. Yeah, yes. I was like, I wow, these movies. He was great. Like yeah, and yep. then it's like fucking Johnny Depp. Yeah, everyone. I had the same. Well, plus, experience. it's Johnny Depp in a costume, which yeah. like. And it's also Johnny Depp being Keith Richards again. Yeah, it's yeah. Like the same. It's like it's yeah. the same character over and over again. I mean, yeah, I'll always love Ed Wood, but yeah, yeah that's same. Ah, oh, what are we gonna do? What can you do? Oh, Johnny. Yeah. Well, I haven't even seen that second film. I've heard it's not good at all. It's, it's not good. I just saw. Basically, if you're really into like government bureaucracy, watch it. Ah, so the then prequel trilogy it. of Harry Potter movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll love it. All right, yeah. that is not to, to go too far into the Harry Potter verse, but. The world, like the Harry Potter world, is already kind of horrific as it is. Like when you really think yeah. about it, mm-hmm. um, but somehow Fantastic Beasts made it even worse. Mm-hmm. Like we we're like, Jesus, they just have a murder room where they'll just put you to be right. murdered without right. like any evidence. Like, right, you're gonna die in this room. And it's like, oh, what? well, and I think maybe the difference is when you're watching the you know the originals, you're seeing it through the eyes of a child. So it's sort mm-hmm. of like it's not as it's impacts you in a different way. Mm-hmm. But when you when you're seeing it through the eyes of adults, then it's like, oh, we understand the consequences here, and this is not okay. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I was just talking online with someone uh, about the movie Falling Down with Michael oh, Douglas. Yes, I used to love that movie. Right, like I think especially dudes. This is very much a, a when that movie came out, like teenage dudes yeah. were like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> blow up that freeway, and then like. As an adult, you're like, yeah. that is an unstable man. Right. And he is dangerous. Right. Yeah. We all yeah. need to look out. Somebody He's the bad guy. That guy. He's Someone the bad guy. Someone phone number to call because yeah. yeah. something's yeah. going to go wrong. Because you realize, like, yeah, like, it, sure, you want your breakfast at 11.05 instead of, and they yeah. stop serving breakfast. But, like, that's not a reason to shoot up a place. Well, like, yeah. I, and I it's also would that. suspect, because the last time I saw it, I was probably a teenager. Mm-hmm. Mm, if I watched it now, might have a different reaction. Yeah. Well, I think society has moved. Like back when it was fantasy to shoot up the place that right. you hated, you'd be like, oh, yeah, wish fulfillment, but it's safe. But now that right. I think you're more likely thinking you're going to be the guy yeah. diving for cover, the person diving for cover when the crazy guy yes. shoots, yeah. it's not as fun. Yeah, not as you hilarious. Know? Yeah. Oh, well. With Star Wars, huh? That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> On that cheery note. I haven't been to Disneyland since my friend who worked there and got me in free left three years ago, and I haven't forgiven her since. (laughs) Think about me. How could you leave when I have no more free entry? That's how I've I've only paid for Disneyland once. And because I had like I have a friend who works for Wetzel's Pretzels who does the pretzels there, and for like my birthday she got oh uh, nice my wife passed into Disney World because we were in Florida at the time on vacation, so I didn't pay for that, which was amazing. And then. at my day job, I do. I work with um, Mrs. Eisner, um, who they still so that like, helps. connected. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so like her assistant sent me Disneyland passes one year for Christmas. Uh, I put them in my desk drawer and present. forgot about them oh until gosh. the next like December. Oh and my they, gosh. they expired. Like I was like, I have I have to go. These expire in like a <laughs> yeah. week. So I was like, uh, yeah. I asked my boss. I was like, can I just take like tomorrow off because I need to go to Disneyland? Sorry, I gotta, go. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah. So yeah, like I. Feel I don't. I haven't had to pay for it. Yeah. Now I don't want to pay for it because I know what it's yeah. like when I don't have to pay. I'm My like, oh, yeah. Same. Go. I have friends who work for ABC Family, mm-hmm. and so same thing. We'd go all the time for free, and I was like, people pay for this. Yeah. A well, lot of money. <laughs> I used to back California residents used to get like a pretty good deal. Yeah. On yeah. Those. And you could, you'd get the pass, and you take your kids every so often. But yeah, yeah they stopped doing that. Know. It's kind of the same way I feel about like Comic Con. Well, you know, Disney, they're like, struggling. They need the money. Yeah. Yes. People pay for Comic Con. And I'm just money. like, I'm like, I haven't paid for Comic Con in a decade. I'm yeah. like, I'm yeah. not going to start. 
I wouldn't pay money for this. Yeah. I guess it's different if it's like your, it's a big destination. Yeah. I yeah. guess. And you're going like, like when we go to Comic-Con, it's like, it's business. It's right. like, it's a, it's a work trip. It's different. It's, it's not yeah. fun. Yeah. People, you wind up having a lot of fun, yeah. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're going to pay $300 to go to San Diego to buy $300 worth of Funko Pops to take home? Cool. Yeah. Right. More power to you. And the t- I stopped getting the t-shirt. That was the move. Because I would always get a t-shirt every year. But. Oh. but Disney's, I mean, obviously they've been doing something right for a long time. Because how many people do you know that every year their family trip from wherever mm. they live is to go to Disney World, Disneyland, and spend yeah. thousands of yeah. dollars? Oh, yeah. I mean, so they're, they know what they're doing. I think yeah. they're okay. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna yeah. be fine. They're guys. gonna be fine, guys. Don't worry. I know okay. it's a gig economy and everyone's yeah. hurting, but Disney's gonna be fine. Even without yeah. our ideas. Hey, if it's worse, they'll just raise the prices. You know, because yeah. yeah. dang, we'll pay them. Moving on. <laughs> Excellent rides. I cannot wait to ride, sit, or experience all these rides. But now we're going on to round two, which is a surprise pitch. I have in my left hand and my right hand two completely different pitches, both developed by our lovely producer Tyler McPhail. Brandon, would you like to pick left or right? Left. Left. The pitch in my left hand is Santa has a new reindeer. What's his or her or their (laughs) non-binary name? Okay, we'll give you a few minutes. Then you'll tell me what you got. Is it just a name or a backstory? Well, name and backstory. Yeah, that's true. Only Rudolph. Give me a backstory. Because I can just come up with a name right now. Because, yeah, you know, Dasher. What's Dasher's thing? Like, you know, does he probably Dashes or she? Yeah, we'll be back in a sec. <laughs> and we're back. So tell me, who will guide Santa's sleigh tonight? See, I think last time I started with Michael, this time I will start with Sarah. Tell me what you got. Um, I'm going to go with a reindeer named Ornery. <laughs> and I think just to shake things up a bit, it's like, it's also predictable. Christmas is predictable. The traditions yeah. are predictable. Everything that happens is predictable. The flight path is predictable. But you get Ornery in the front, you don't know where you're going. You don't know if you're going to get where you're supposed to go. Everyone's going one way. Ornery's going to take you the other. It really, I think, would make life a little more interesting for one night. Yes. Plus, you know, if you forget your forget to get presents, you know, you just blame it on ornery. ornery. Sorry, kids. Ornery. Yeah, ornery just wasn't having it today. All right. Brandon, how about you? I was going for a terrible pun, which doesn't quite work, but I'm going to plow ahead and make it All work. All right. Uh, you know how in uh, Dances with Wolves, Kevin Costner became known Dances with Wolves when he danced with a wolf? Yes. This reindeer uh, is deemed worthy to join Santa's elite force of flying reindeer when he saves Rudolph from a uh, pack of wolves. Rudolph oh. is lost, trying to find something. The wolves encroach. Very brave reindeer chases off the wolves. So they so they name the reindeer Wolf. Ah. And I was going for a Wolf Blitzer joke, but it turns out Blitzer is not a reindeer name. It's Blitzen. Uh-huh. But I still want Santa to yell, on Wolf, on Blitzen. So that's why my new reindeer is named Wolf. <laughs> on Wolf, I'm going to die on that. I'm going to die on that hill. Okay. <laughs> Cool. All right. Wolf, the, the the tough reindeer, too. I like that, you know, he's the one who can handle himself in a crisis. Or her, yeah, I'm not cool. assuming. Okay, Michael, what do you got? Well, you know Dasher and Dancer. I do. And Donner yeah. and Blitzen. Um, I do. But do you recall, I forgot the other reindeer's names. Do you recall <laughs> the most Antifa reindeer of all? Shaker, all right. the Antifa Reindeer. Shaker? Okay. Because he throws concrete milkshakes at Nazis. Oh. oh wow. Is that a thing? It's a thing. 
Wait, why milkshake? Why not just a hunk of concrete? A concrete milkshake? Because you, you put the concrete in a milkshake cup, so it looks like you just have a cup, and then you just throw, oh. it, you throw it at the Nazi. Okay. So in this trying time, where Nazis are on the rise, yes. yeah. and fascism uh. is rearing its ugly head, yeah. you know who Santa needs? He needs a reindeer who don't take no shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know who's going to be in the front? Shaker. Shaker's on the front line. He's in the front line. So my question, though, is, is it an issue that there are Nazis on the roofs? Well, where is the perfect place to throw a concrete milkshake from? Uh, from a roof. From a roof. They've, yeah. He's got a legit reason to be got up it. there. So he's looking down. He's looking down, right. and he's going to be like, Santa, land on that house. That, that good yeah. little boy or girl lives next to a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. And I got some very shuck. fine people to yeah. fuck up. Very fine people <laughs> on both sides are going to get concrete milkshakes. <laughs> that bring, right bring a whole new spin to that Christmas carol up on the rooftop. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. On the rooftop, raining death. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. So, Shaker, the Antifa, yeah. reindeer. The reindeer we need. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, that'd be great bringing it back to the true meaning of Christmas, which is, <laughs> you know. Awesome. All right. So, we've had our three. We've had our uh, new reindeer, our new rides, but now here's the big one. I want a Christmas movie from a franchise that you wouldn't expect a Christmas movie from. I've started with Michael. I've started with Sarah. Now, Brandon, it is your turn. Tell me your Christmas movie. All right. I'm glad I'm going first because maybe someone else thought of this. Um, but this is the movie I want to see. Okay. A Nightmare on Elm Street before... Hello, my little piglet. I'm Freddy. That's right. The man of your dreams is back. <laughs> Fuck you. Did, did I take <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> We are in a library. All right, I'm very curious. Okay. Okay. But wait, was that your idea? Yes. Oh, oh wow. my God. I'm glad I went first. That's why I'm glad I went first. <laughs> I love it. Okay, you guys, you never met before, but your no, brainwaves have been in sync. It's the first thing yes. I thought of. <laughs> That's why I'm glad I went first. Um, okay, well, then we'll have competing. <laughs> yes. Uh, like when there's two Steve Jobs movies, there's room for yeah. two, although no one saw well, either of them really. Yeah, neither, neither of which were good. <laughs> Like when there were two asteroids blowing up. Oh, movies. yeah. Armageddon and Deep Impact. Yes. One, only one people remember. Um, so hopefully mine is the Armageddon to your Deep Impact. Oh, we'll see. Of, we'll see. Yeah. Of, 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 of Freddy in uh, Christmas. So my idea was it's almost like a uh, Freddy versus Jason showdown between two supernatural Oh, okay. Uh, so, um, and also I want to give Robert England more work. I want him to be the Kelsey Grammer of horror where he's played the same character more than anyone else ever. Um, so uh, my idea is that um, it, it, start, it starts with um, Freddy killing like some of Santa's favorite good little boys and girls. Yes. Because um, parents tell their kids, like, you better go to bed now or, or, or Santa won't show up. The perfect time for Freddy to kill kids is Christmas Eve. Yeah. So Santa arrives at a house and finds just a bloodbath where, like, the four kids that live there, they all slept for him and they left a little note and. And some cookies. Yes. And now they're drenched in the blood of dead children. Yeah. Uh, and Santa does not like that. Um, so uh, Santa sets a trap for Freddy to take him down mm-hmm. where um, Freddy is going to attack a, the next Christmas. Freddy's going to attack another little boy who fell asleep. But then the boy's actually one of Santa's elves 
who was pretending to be asleep mm-hmm. and pops up with some weapons, fights off Freddy. Santa comes down the chimney at the like this big reveal. Yeah. Uh to uh fight. <laughs> yeah. And he fights with Christmas weapons like uh he has um candy cane nunchucks exploding it looks something like, like that Ex- yeah. exploding ornaments and uh at, at one point he like has a, a wooden uh, train and he clicks a button and a knife comes out of it and he like stabs Freddy. Uh so it's a big fight but then Freddy uh wounds Santa very badly and Santa has to flee. So the climax, the third act climax, is Santa's magic is most powerful in the North Pole. So uh-huh. he has to lure, he has to trick Freddy into going to the North Pole. Um, so he has, he, he gets Freddy like into his magic uh, gift bag, bag yeah. and then it, it teleports them back to the North Pole. So the final showdown is in Santa's workshop. Freddy versus Santa and his elves using the workshop toys as weapons. And... It ends up with the two of them in this big fight, and they roll down some hill in the North Pole, and they're both very, very wounded. You can't quite tell who's winning. It's a very uh, ambiguous end of the fight. Ooh, okay. Um, like we see, like they're both about to die, and then it kind of fades out somehow. And then we cut to the next Christmas, and there's there's a little kid waiting. Oh, you know, I'm gonna wait up for Santa, um, and. Uh, so the kid's like trying to stay awake and kind of nodding off by the milk and cookies. But they, the kid stays awake. Okay. We, we think. Is it now like, I want Santa, but I also might get murdered? So there's that conflict. Well, yeah. Well, here, here's the here's the, the twist, uh, tough ending. Santa comes out of the chimney. Oh, Santa, I waited up for you all night. And like, oh, you've been such a good little boy. Um, and then Santa reaches into his bag. Pulls his hand out, and it's Freddy's gloved hand because Freddy won the fight. Now Freddy's the new Santa. It's a twist <laughs> on Tim Tim Allen's Santa Claus, where if you kill Santa, you become Santa. And he goes, "Santa, is that you, Santa?" And he pulls the gloves out with the knife. And he goes, "Ho, ho, no!" <laughs> <laughs> and then slashes credits. Wow. So every year, it's almost like Krampus. Every year, yeah, Christmas is a terrifying night of murder because Freddy's the new Santa Claus, and he loves killing kids. So that so from then on, they tell kids, Santa's coming tonight. You better stay up all night and never sleep. And it's like the new rhyme was one, two, yeah. Santa's coming for you. Three, <laughs> four, better lock the chimney door. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, do you, are you naughty on purpose or are you really good? You just, like, have, to, you just have to stay awake all night. Okay, you have to stay awake, to stay awake, to stay awake till the sun comes up on Christmas oh, okay. Eve. Oh, that's interesting because because uh, Freddy can kill you any time, but once he's Santa, he's only got one night. He's got that's his one night he can visit you. Yeah. Oh. So it's so it's yeah. So every every Christmas Eve is the nightmare before Christmas because you must stay awake until the sun comes up. Mm. Cool. Happy to say it's different from mine. <laughs> yeah. So R two D two is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought I thought Jason was going to come in in the in the climax, you know, and just finish uh, both up. That's the sequel, Andy. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, you know, like at some point when it's like Nightmare Before Christmas Eve. I'm sorry, whatever the title. Yeah, was, um, <laughs> close enough. At some point, it'll be on a spaceship. Oh, oh right? yeah. At some point, in space. Christmas in space. in space. Yeah, yeah like maybe five Wait, or six. Freddie or... has Freddie gone into space? Not yet. Oh. He's going to, though, yep. at yep. Christmas. Sooner or later. <laughs> That's when a, the space station jumps over a shark. 
Because yes. <laughs> the franchise just just done that. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Okay. Well, I'm wondering. Do, do you want to, Michael? Do you want to? So we get after. I think you should go. Contrasting. Next. I think yeah. I think contrasting Nightmare on Elm Street before death. Christmas. Yes. Okay. All right. So here's my build up. Okay. So our main character's name is Chris, and he is an elderly homeless man living in New York. Uh, but he applies. He's not like homeless. Homeless. He's unhomed. Like he's probably. He's got it together enough that he can, like, stay in a shelter or that kind of thing. But he's, a, he's an older man. Uh, and he applies for a Santa position at, like, a pop-up new kind of department store, like a kind of Amazon kind of doing a Christmas pop-up department store. Um, and there's, like, a Jeff Bezos-type guy who runs it. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're bringing, bringing big shopping back to New York under my Amazon logo or whatever. Uh, and so Chris, like, he gets the job as a Santa. And he's a really good Santa. And he ends up bonding with um, Nancy, who's the Jeff Bezos type's uh, assistant. Uh, and she has a uh, daughter, like a very smart, precocious young girl. Uh, and they've kind of formed a kind of family unit. But the little girl really thinks of Chris as like, she thinks he's really Santa. Um, and as they bond, uh, he finally kind of opens up to her about like his life. The first 30 minutes is very much fun. New York during Christmas, like fun stuff. But then it gets kind of real when he kind of opens up to Nancy. He's like, yeah, I used to I used to have like a normal life. I was a suburban dad. Like I had a wife and kids and we lived in Ohio. And then, I mean, it was a perfect idyllic life. We lived, we lived on a street called Elm Street. This is <laughs> a nightmare on 34th Street. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Chris tells the whole story uh, about how like when he was younger with his wife, there was a, there was a child murderer. And he participated in the, like, the essentially, like, the fire lynching of child murderer Freddy Krueger. Uh, but he was deeply affected by, like, this act of violence. And, it, you know, he did not deal with it well. He became an alcoholic. Like, his wife left him. Like, he kind of wandered. And he lost track with his family. So he doesn't really know, like, about the Elm Street stuff. Uh, he just knows, like, his, his, his daughter was killed mysteriously. But he, you know, he didn't have his stuff together. He didn't know about the supernatural stuff. Nope, nope. He didn't, doesn't, doesn't know anything yeah. about that. Um, so this Nancy is like fascinated by the story. So she starts to dig into it and she learns about like the legend of Freddy Krueger, the killer. He kills people in their dreams. And she's like, Oh, this is like an interesting creepypasta kind of thing. Mm. Um, and she kind of dismisses it, but her daughter like also finds the research, like looks at the website she looked at and she just read it and she starts to believe it. So her belief actually reawakens freddy in like dream hell so he's like ah like and so he kind of through his supernatural abilities whatever like he's like oh i've got a new victim it's like oh this guy escaped my wrath like i have to go after this chris guy and destroy his life again because he got away from me Mm -hmm. back back in the old days Mm -hmm. um and we learned that there's actually uh freddy's powers the way they work is the reason why he only goes after people one at a time is because he like his power is very centralized. So he's in one person's dream. He's he's got all his power, but the more people dream about him, his power gets kind of dissipated. So he could appear in multiple dreams at once, but he's not as strong. Mm-hmm. Like and it works like it's it, his power is divided each time. So the so the thrust of it is Chris and Nancy and the daughter. They have to try to get more people to believe in Freddy <laughs> to make him less powerful. Um, so they end up like they they use the the Jeff Bezos guy like because he starts because he's kind of connected he's in that circle so Freddy starts haunting his dreams 
wanting to just torment Chris by tormenting the people around him. But so they use the power of mass media and Amazon essentially to like popular like popularize the legend of Freddy Krueger. And so more and more people It becomes like the about, ring, essentially. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> they, the more people think and and like dream about him, he gets less powerful. So interesting. So eventually like the way to 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 defeat him is have as many people as possible be dreaming about him, but then have everyone kind of synced up to know they have to stop him. So it's essentially redoing his group lynching um, in dream fashion where like once all these characters kind of know about him and they're dreaming about him, they all kind of end up in the same dreamscape Uh, where they can destroy Freddy once again. And of course, like it would happen on Christmas Eve. Of course. Um, Yes. So that is a nightmare. Christmas miracle. That's that's different than mine. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's very clever. Who who plays the old old man? I want, even though he's a little bit played out, I do like the idea of Liam Neeson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I could also go for someone like uh, like Martin Sheen would be awesome. But I don't know oh, that yeah. Liam Neeson is played out in this particular circumstance. Like no. he might be played out in the like, nod, you don't take my daughter" kind of way. Yeah. But like this is you already took my daughter. Right. This, <laughs> this is quit a taking my daughter. Stop it. I'm She's just, been yeah. through enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I could, I could see that. Because I, I ask, like most people in LA, I ask a question because I want to pre- provide my own answer. Uh, I forgot to say in mine, uh, Michael Shannon plays Santa. Oh. So he's a formidable, oh. he's a formidable oh. creepy Santa to fight. Freddy. Very. Yeah. Very. I'd almost lean more towards Martin Sheen because I think Liam Neeson could kick Freddy Krueger's ass. <laughs> no. Yeah. But Martin Sheen needs help. That's uh, Martin true. Sheen needs help, yeah. Yeah. Christoph Waltz. Mm. I think he could kick his ass too. Martin Sheen would have to probably call Charlie or something. But yeah, but Martin Sheen, he's a leader. He inspires people. You know, West Wing. He'll West Wing it up, you know? Yeah. That's why I have him on the brain, is my wife's doing a West Wing rewatch. Oh, wow. So I walk into the living room and Martin Sheen's on my TV. You're like, I wish this was real. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll remember. Remember when this was a fantasy? Yeah. I'd even take the bad guys on that show versus, because they could talk in complete sentences, you know? That's that's a step up. That helps. Okay, so we've had two nightmares. Yeah, well, um, so my nightmare is I didn't know it was supposed to be a movie. Um, it could. It didn't necessarily have to be a movie. Okay. It could be I'm officially topic. expanding yeah, it yeah. to whatever you want. Good, because otherwise I'd have to leave. Uh, <laughs> all right, so so I did. Um, I'm a big Dateline fan. Ooh. I love Dateline. <laughs> to catch a Christmas predator, that's what we're doing. So I'm doing a Dateline Christmas special. <laughs> so we start. We open with you hear Jingle Bells music and snow falling on an idyllic scene at a prison, mm-hmm. and inside the prison we see Keith Morrison, and Keith Morrison is dressed in a Santa suit, but no hat or beard because we don't want to distract from that like fabulous hair that he has. And he starts and he opens and he says in that famous voice of his, Tonight we will be visited by some ghosts of Christmas past and some people who have been either naughty or nice. And some of them have been very, very naughty indeed. We start with the background of the murder victim. Everyone says how great she was and what a good (laughs) mom she was, a loyal friend, blah, 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 blah. And then we see it looked like the perfect life. Exactly. It always does. In the weeks leading up to Christmas, there were a lot of friends and family and and, uh, food and presents and drinks. And then we set up Christmas Eve. And Keith says, 
was the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring because that creature had been murdered. (laughs) (laughs) He sets up, there are three main suspects, someone from her past, someone from her present, and someone who hoped to be with her in her future. We have met all of them already in the weeks leading up to Christmas. As they investigate each subject... Uh, sorry, each suspect, we meet the detectives on the case. And in all the interviews, the, detect- the detective sitting there in the typical cheap suit, but yeah. he's also wearing an elf hat, <laughs> because that's the only way to show that it's a Christmas special yeah. in this particular instance. We learn about each suspect, and at one point they all seem like they could have done it, right? Mm-hmm. And the police are at a loss. But then Keith steps in again and says something like, but Christmas is a season of giving, and soon the detectives will be given a clue. And we learn what the clue is, and then Keith says, And so Detective Jones got out his list and crossed off suspect number one. He, it turned out, had been nice. Suspect two, however, got a brand new set of shiny handcuffs for Christmas. Keith interviews uh, the prisoner, who's now surrounded by a pile of gifts and a Christmas tree in the background, and the prisoner is crying and saying that he didn't do it. And the case progresses, and we find out that it wasn't actually suspect number two, but it was suspect number three, who almost got away with it. And now we see the courtroom, we hear the testimony, and we wait for the verdict. And this is where we go back to the Dateline prison, and Keith in his Santa suit, And he says, and so one year later, when all was said and done, suspect number two was given the greatest gift one could receive, the gift of freedom. And suspect number three, well, we all know what happens to people who are naughty. He got a lump of coal in the form of life in prison. We have a shot of the killer being led away to jail, and Keith is joined in the Christmas prison by the other correspondents who are drinking eggnog and dressed up. Josh Mankiewicz is, uh, Mankiewicz is Rudolph, Dennis Murphy is an elf, and Andrea Canning is Tiny Tim. <laughs> and Lester Holt enters carrying a tray of cookies and says, that's all for tonight. Wishing you happy holidays from all of, at, all of us at Dateline. And Andrea Canning says, God blesses everyone. <laughs> that's it. Cool. Dateline that Christmas is, special. I like yeah. it. It's very unexpected. I like that. Thank yeah. you. I love that show. It's a, it's a, I know very little about the show. It's a true crime thing, right? It's, yeah, it's, well, it's technically it's investigative journalism, but it always ends up being, most of them end up being murder. Yeah. Well, did they investigate it? I thought they just reported on the case. Um, Technic, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. The truth okay. is, I don't know, because you have the, the correspondents, but they are considered like also like journalistic investigators or something, but I think the case has already happened and they're kind of just presenting it in a way that if it were happening in the moment, right? Yeah. Sort of like that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, it's... Yeah, because I don't think there'll be a problem. I'm guessing tons of people get murdered on Christmas. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I watch (laughs) that show religiously and there have been quite a few Christmas murders. (laughs) I mean, you're off work. You're with your family. Yeah. That's yeah. a recipe. Full of eggnog. That's, There's a lot of eggnog. Yeah, yeah a lot of eggnog. <laughs> eggnog, yeah. And holiday cheer in the yeah. form of various intoxicants. There's always Lots of that, disappointment. Like, old grainy photograph they show of like the Christmas tree with the presents and then the dead body like covered with a sheet or something or, yeah. or a trail of blood leading from the tree to the kitchen or someone was making cookies in the kitchen and a knife is missing. Yeah. It was, you know, 
Or is a candy cane shoved in someone's back? <laughs> yeah. or, or in their eyes? In their eyes. Oh. Or Freddy Krueger murdered them in their sleep? <laughs> I mean, it writes itself, guys. Yeah. It really does. I am surprised that there, we don't see more like like Christmas murder supercut. Like kind of like them really doing like holiday themed murders or like... Do, or do they? I so feel like I never hear about it. Like, I, I, it's not quite as on the nose as this. Like, I feel like I, I've certainly seen a lot where the it happens to have taken place at Christmas, but but that's kind of where they leave it. They air it or maybe yeah. around Christmas, mm-hmm. but that's kind of where they leave it. Probably because it would be in bad taste to do what I just did. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but I well, mean, plus like, there's all this like war on Christmas stuff. They probably just want to avoid all that. Oh, I didn't think How dare you? There's an audience for that, though. I would watch if they were like, Oh, yeah, Bad Santa. Was Christmas is a time for cheer or a time to fear. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. What is it? The Black Christmas remake, I think, is coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the, uh, it's going to be the third remake of it, I believe. Wait, or there's a second remake? There was a remake they did a couple years ago that apparently is not bad. Like it is um, oh, wow. very well shot. Uh-huh. Like some like I don't anyone seen the original Black Which Christmas? Was the Black Christmas. Yeah. Which yeah. one? Black was that? Christmas is uh, it's uh, Christmas time at a sorority house um, where there's a girl missing, but it's really that uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler because I feel like you find this out very early. She's been murdered and her body is still in the house. Like her, oh. there, it's a search around the town, but her body is just in the attic. And there's a a creepy caller who's calling okay. the the sorority house and tormenting the girls. Um, uh, it's a pretty good. It sounds very seventies. Yeah, it's yeah. very seventies. I think it's famous for being like the slasher movie before they became a thing. Like they didn't really have slasher movies. It's very, back yeah, it's then. very early in the, sl- yeah. the slasher yeah. uh, genre. Wait, is that the one directed by the guy who made a Christmas story? I think so. I was I trying to remember. Say yes, because everyone said you wouldn't believe a guy who made such a fun, happy movie made this dark slasher yeah. film. Yeah. I think it has Julia. He loves Ormond, Christmas. Julia Ormond. Yeah. Who was uh, Juliet in the the Romeo and Juliet that we all had to watch in high school? One where there's like boobs for like half a second. Wait, the what we watched in high school? You didn't have to watch like Romeo and Juliet. Oh, Romeo and Juliet. The we had to we watched had to read it. Oh, I went to a dummy school. <laughs> fast forwarded it. Oh. Do you mean the Franco Zeffirelli one or the? Yes, it's okay. the Zeffirelli one. It's the girl oh, who man, played Juliet, who is French, and her name is like, something like Juliet Binoche or someone like that. Like, it's earlier because it's sixties. Oh. Wasn't wasn't that one sixties? I thought it. Well, maybe it is. It's Michael York plays Tybalt, not Tybalt. Um, Mercutio. Mercutio. I mean, it sounds like it no, should be uh, like Tibble. the Ken Russell version. Yeah, that they should <laughs> in school. Well, now they got the Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. one, which Ugh. I think that's the one everyone, all the kids watch now. So trendy. Uh, <laughs> um, but anywho, Black Christmas being remade again. Did not know. Well, there's. I feel like there's a few. They've suddenly gone. I think what they're trying to do now is do the feminist take on the sorority yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. slasher they movies. And like I wa- like I see the trailers and I'm like, okay. It feels like they're, now they're going right. to tor- torment him now. Yeah. She's near foot. There's a, have you seen Slumber Party Massacre? A long time ago. Uh, the, it's, it's pretty good, but it's also pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but the director, um, she didn't realize it was – or she doesn't see it as funny. Mm. Like everyone else is like, oh, you made a very funny, <laughs> like kind of a send up of the the genre. Awkward. And she's like, no, how dare you? She's like, what? There's no comedy in here. And Awkward. they're like, no, nah, it's, it's pretty funny. Right. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, Unintentional. Yeah, yeah, that's odd when that happens. It doesn't. I guess. Yeah, where where in it, where the uh, original creator misunderstands their work. Yeah, it happens. I mean, the, the I, room. I mean, the, yeah, we're all yeah. in the room. Right? I mean, that's almost like every MST3K or riff tracks, right? It's like those movies are taking themselves so seriously. Yeah, but it's clear that they're ridiculous. 
fucking some dumb shit. Yeah, well, I mean, there's those, but then there's the other ones where it's like clearly they're like, okay, this movie was popular. We're going to make the cheap-ass version of this one. So right. hopefully someone yes. will rent it yeah. when they're out of the one that's good. Well, I think that's the thing with those with the original like Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, yeah. And it was like Chopping Mall and yeah, like all yeah. those. They're all the same. They're all exactly the same. They yeah. Have the, but, you know, they're just it's like a trail of body parts yep. in the form of... Slumber I thought Chopping Mall, that was robots, which... That was, yeah, that's different. It was robots? It was robots. Yeah, it was robots. I didn't have it. It originally had a different name. Like, I think it wasn't going to be a slasher movie, but then they figured out if we call it Chopping Mall, we will make yeah. three uh, times gosh, as much I money. remember what... The original title the original was, title yeah. Was. It's a, a friend of mine is a huge fan of it, so he talks about it a lot. So. Yeah. There was uh, another one with Jamie Lee Curtis that she did in the that... The train fog. one? The terror the, train? Not the maybe. It was like I just remember the poster for it because it was like off her success, obviously from Halloween. Uh, Halloween. I think it was Terror Train. Is that what it was? Was well, the one where she's like pressed up against the door and there's something coming through the door? I don't That's remember the fog. now. I love the fog. I do remember the fog. That's a great one. And they remade that one, which was not they good. The fog. I think so. Or the mist. Yeah. I always get the fog and the mist. They remade the fog. I think it came and went. And no one yeah, saw it like so. like six years ago or something. It was really dumb. But yeah, I mean, fog and mist are so similar. I mean, the same thing. The same inclement thing. weather. Yeah, technically, they probably are. The cold front. <laughs> the cold front. Here to kill. Forecast is murder. <laughs> now, they had the mist TV show, which was always pretty bad. awful. Yeah, they're yeah. always bad. They've done it, oh, I feel like, multiple times. And I feel like it should be so much better than it always is. Yeah, because like, it's the like. This material mm-hmm. feels like it, this should be able to be made into a quality. Thing, and every time it's terrible. Yeah, I, the the movie like I hated the ending, like everybody, but it was okay up until then. Was the, the movie's good? Was the which one was the well? I mean, which one was the one where, or was it the book where they basically just go out into the the mist? The I book was, and the movie, yeah. they're trapped in the shopping mall, shopping the no, the grocery store but for I mean a bunch of it. When that's how it, spoiler alert, how it ends, isn't it? Like they basically just leave. Yeah. Well, so you don't well, know what happened. The movie for the, 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 the Thomas Jane version of The Mist ends with they're trapped in the car surrounded by the mist. Uh, spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen it. Thomas Jane kills everyone else in the car, including his child. Oh. And then out of the mist comes the military. And they're yeah. saved. So he's he like, was oh, going to kill himself, but he ran out of bullets. Devastated. Oh, because um, if he had waited literally like five more seconds, yeah. help was on the way. Um, so, so it, it, it is like that is a dark, that yeah, ending. Ending. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I just didn't like it. That was too dark. The, well, I also feel like the book. What is it? They're traveling and they catch a radio signal, so they think there might still be civilization out there. I, yeah, yeah, it's, it's more, yeah. Wild. It's more ambiguous. Like, are they saved? Not. Yeah, I just feel like every time they made it, the the special effects were so bad, and I'm like, why are these special effects so terrible? Like for the the sense. Thomas Jane mist, I, I in my mind, I'm rem- I'm remembering creatures that looked like rubber. Mm. I don't know, it was CGI, I think, but it was bad. You know what like I mean? Bad. Okay, and maybe are, that's are you, partially why I didn't like are it. Are you saying they missed the mark? Oh, ouch! Hey, oh. Ouch! I don't know. My memory is kind of foggy. Oh. Hey, oh. Oh. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Oh, but first, before we sign off, let's hear let's hear who you are, where we can find your stuff. Uh, Brandon, you want to go first? Hi, yeah, this is Brandon again. I am the head writer of a monthly topical late night talk show, and we are at the Virgil in East Hollywood, the fourth Saturday of the month. Um, we're off for Christmas break, but we're starting in January 2020. You can catch us every fourth Saturday at the Virgil. 
it's a cool bar lounge in East Hollywood, and uh, it's a really fun show. Come check it out. What's the name of this show? It's called The Nightcap with Stacy Roommaker. Our website is The Nightcap with Stacy Roommaker. R U M A K E R dot com. I always thought it was Rummaker. It is not. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I found out here. Don't you feel? <laughs> don't tell. Now. Don't tell Stacy. I won't. And it's a Sarah. I don't really have anything to plug this time because um, I I had a baby this year and ah. life changes a little bit. Yeah, so it does. It does just just a bit. Just a bit. Just, and where, just a and where, tiny where, bit. Where, where can we see your baby? Uh, right now in my house. So <laughs> feel free to come by any time. Look through the window. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're I, not you know, Instagramming the the crap out of that little. You know I you know <laughs> no. Oh, but they're so cute. Uh, yeah, he's pretty cute. His name is Alfie. He's adorable, and we love him very much. But he's yeah, he kind of took over my life this year. So, um, but I'm I'm working on a feature. So hopefully, maybe next year, uh, I'll be able to plug that because um, I'm starting to ease back into work life again. We have any past work we could check out. Uh, the only thing I have right now that you could see on HBO, if you watch HBO, if you have HBO Go or HBO Now. Uh, what about I HBO have, Max? I don't know. I'm, maybe it's I on there. I don't know. I'm very confused about all the HBO stuff they have. Yeah. Uh, I have a piece called Lady Bouncer that's a, like a mini pilot mm-hmm. that HBO made um, that's very sort of like it's comedy. It's a feminist sort of point of view on being a, a female cop who loses her job and becomes a bouncer. Oh wow! And uh, it's it's fun. Uh, that's probably what you could watch right now. And then yeah, and then other than that, just come and look through the window at my baby. That's it. Yeah. I just might because yeah. yeah, it's open Hello. invitation. <laughs> and I'm Michael Tanner. You can find me on my website buymichaeltanner.com. You can also see me at Sarah's house looking through the window at Alfie. <laughs> Get in line, bud. <laughs> <laughs> cool, and uh, I'm Andy Nordvall. You can find all my stuff, links at andynordvall.com. There's a webcomic, there's a book, there's some podcasts. I'm probably forgetting something, too. Thanks for listening. Check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. And check out our site, thegrandgeekgathering, all one word, dot com. For our articles, other shows, and way more. You can stay updated from our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our outro music is by... Carlisle Laurent. Thank you, Mr. Laurent. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week and GGG. Ooh.